Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. I'm your host, Chris Fuller. And I'm caffeinated Mark Hyde. <laughs> and on we're today's ready. episode, after much pre-talking, we're going to talk about... And we pre-gamed our coffee, too. We're ready. Is the Bible accurate and trustworthy? Ooh. This is part one of two. Mark, you ready for this conversation? I am so ready, bro. All let's right, go. Let's go. Wait, you didn't pre-game so, you didn't pre-game either, I, boss. I saved just enough, even though it's cold. I wanted to be able to drink it on the show so I could talk about the flavors. My coffee's done. You know why my coffee's done, Fuller? Mm. Because we are neighbors now, officially. Three and a half minutes, bro. Whoop. Well, unless you turn the wrong way and five and a half your minutes, time. bro. Hey. <laughs> even going the wrong way. But but still, but the fact is, like, I was at my house because okay. So fun fact: so I used to live at minimum thirty minutes from you, right? Right. And I well, had to. Except on for, a good day, I except could, for when we lived on the south side, we were about ten minutes. Well, I mean, like right now. Yeah, right, right, like right. the old house. So I just moved last weekend, which you released the Engetti bonus episode and kind of dropped. Yeah, it with Desiree and that Chris weekend. Bibb. Yeah. Yep. So it's been busy, dude. It's been busy getting the house ready to sell, and then we sold it, and then I had to fix all the stuff at the new house. Like it's just been nuts. And I, it, I like, enjoy it. It though. happens so quick. Like, it happened fast. Well, we crap. woke up on Monday and they said we're closing Thursday. I'm like, we have four days until closing. To pack and to like line everything which, up and and to move. And I will say, Beth is the like she is the queen of pack. Like her. And Janiel, like are the same breed when it comes to packing, organizing, and then unpacking. Although your friend Devin's wife, Kathleen, the whole she's the queen of declutter, the, man. No, the whole like I'm putting a colored, different colored stickers oh. on different colored boxes, and then putting those colors on the rooms. Kathleen is so next you know level, exactly man. where to take it, and yep. like here's your color coordinated map. Like that's next level. And she put them on each like doorpost, so as you were that's walking, crazy. you knew where to walk and all. It's like, like it you was are next here, level. <laughs> but but every time Kathleen and Devin have moved, which I mean they haven't moved in a while, they you know bought their house. Sure. They were going to Grand Rapids. Like, they started here, went to Grand Rapids, came back, and right. then bought their house she like what's 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 the uh decluttering person the the joy person like does this give you joy that's janelle janelle's like i love to organize yeah i don't i don't understand and i'm that. like i like to just get paid i like don't to organize buy things yes <laughs> i like to spend money on like um, books mostly it's been a lot of fun. I've been using the new house excuse to buy new tools, and I have two new tools I'm about to buy. That's just because, not an excuse, you know, bro. That's a legitimate dude, reason. <laughs> but when we were moving, you and Devin and Joe were giving me so much crap about how much stuff right. in the garage so I have. The funny thing was is you had, like, we did, like, what, two 26-foot trucks? Uh, they actually weren't 26-footers, I found out. They oh, were only, like, 18-footers or something no, like that. Were they 20 it, was, it was bigger than that. Um, they were not the biggest one you could get. Maybe 24. We'll go 24. The uh, hydraulic lift, though, on that thing? But mm. So you did two those and you mm. still had a ton of stuff and i'm like mark bro I bro, you got a lot of stuff you got i got a lot of kids i said hang on Most a sec crap is mine. hang on a second it's all <laughs> saying mark on the boxes i see very little for the kids well because there's a level of we have you know seven kids and then mine and beth's stuff and then i bought two fixer uppers so i have all the stuff i've had to use to let's, fix those up and my office is let, also let's at be home honest too. right i have a lot of crap your stuff yeah. Is half of the stuff that you guys own. Probably. Just, and, and I'll admit, Probably. half the stuff that we own is my stuff. Now, I think part of it, though, is has, it has something to do also. I'm a, I am a business owner. See? Side note. Um, you're actually I, a two business owner because you're partner in, in the RTC. I mean, technically, <laughs> I mean so te yeah, technically, technically, 
I own two businesses. You, do. you, you a business owner too? Yeah, bro. Small business. But I actually run three businesses, right? Which is freaking wild. But <laughs> anywho, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to start number four. <laughs> yeah, you're but, nuts, dude. I closed contracts when we were moving. Like people were text emailing me. I'm like, the two days I took off of work, I had two people like, yeah, I'm ready to move forward with that project. And I'm like, did I just uh, close uh, proposals I, while uh, I had two days off? Yeah, <laughs> but right. the first day of moving was 17 hours. Like and it wasn't like it wasn't like go pick yeah, up the truck, we, go home, eat breakfast. It was. I mean, I don't think I don't. I don't think I left. In, I don't think I left until almost twelve thirty on Friday from your house. Midnight, or uh, oh, the afternoon. Like, no, the fr- Friday night when we were moving you, I left at like right around twelve thirty ish from your house. Probably yeah. I think maybe like maybe maybe it was like twelve twenty because I think I was home. It was by something late. It was uh, Joe. Might, it was, and Joe had to drive all the way back home to Kalamazoo. He was he's the real MVP. Right. Um. And then the next day, I woke up. And I started again at, I think, like 7.30 because I had to get the moving truck back at 8. Right. Went straight home. I picked up Bavon, the big old 15-passenger van, and did like three or four more loads of that and like four loads of minivan. Just, just. It was wild. Let's just throw it out there how your mom broke Elliot's Hot Wheels track. Yeah, she forgot to close the door on her minivan (laughs) and flew out, exploded on the road. She told me that whole thing. But I mean, okay, granted, I got put together now, but whatever. It made it... (laughs) It's like, oh, well, at least you took it apart so it's easier to pack, except for the fact that there was already room in the car for it, so we didn't need it to undo it. But, dude, every piece of furniture in, like, in the in the, in the the garage or the patio, I had to take sure. all down apart to, like, shipping-sized oh. things. It was awful. Well, we got a lot of the big stuff, though, Friday night, which yep. was nice. But anyways. But even after Friday, I had another 16-hour day. So, But what I was saying is, is now we're officially neighbors. We are. It takes us three and a half minutes to get here. It does. Um, so we were chatting for literally an hour just drinking coffee, and I'm and, out of coffee yeah. already. So, Janiel... Can you bring right. more coffee? She she Neil. won't she won't be hearing this till like mid October. That's true. Dang All it. right, so we're gonna pl- jump into the party cues, my. Oh, goodness. we're not even screwing around. We're jumping right in. We're gonna do this or that. Oh, on the party cues. Ooh. So in case you didn't know, you're new to the podcast. We started this like in season two because we started saying, "Hey, we yeah. want to know more about." you guys so hit us up on instagram or facebook or the facebook group and this way you guys can get to know more about us because there's so many podcasts where you just tune in and get their information but you don't know anything about these guys or these girls and early on in season one we used to be like hi this is real Real talk christian podcast and we're talking about this today okay so hey this is uh how's it going yeah it's going good all right so today we're talking about this and we'd like jump right into jump right it's like you know what let's draw this out we're the kelly and ryan of podcasting so or or with how long my hair's getting we're getting close to retin link status we we are we are we're almost miss uh what is it uh good morning mythical good 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 mystical morning yeah that's it except they do like youth pastor style games we don't do youth pastor style no we bring the word and this or that. And this or that. <laughs> and ca- caffeine. All right. All right. So we're so doing this or that. This which or is that. like, would you rather, right? No. This is like, would you choose this or would you choose that? <gasps> oh, this okay, or that. okay. 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 I'm ready. Right, I'm ready. So I'm ready. Reese's or Snickers? 100% Reese's. Reese's, bro. All the way. White Reese's or normal? Both. Either. Or Ooh. Reese's Pieces or Reese's Cups. <sighs> Depends. Mini. I, I, ice cream My favorite are no? the fun size Reese's peanut butter cups. That is the perfect chocolate to peanut butter ratio. It is there. That's good. And the Reese's pieces are good in like a blizzard. Oh, in a blizzard. As I say, oh, in a blizzard. Yeah, oh. But no, if, if it was Kit Kat, it's always white chocolate Kit Kat. Not normal. White chocolate, white Kit, chocolate Kit, Kit Kat. All right. Uh, cooking in or eating out. <laughs> I prefer cooking in. Um, I like cooking in because it's cheaper. <laughs> but I love Hacienda. 
We talked about that a lot. That's where Scott and I went the other day. Hey! Was Hacienda. Him and the pastor got frozen margaritas. N- no, they go. Hey, frozen margaritas are on special. And we go. I go. I'll have a cherry coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bad no. joke. Anyways, uh, next one: East Coast or West Coast? Taking politics out of it. Well, no. You know what? Fun fact: I've never been to the West Coast. I've never been to either coast. Never been. You, I've never been. You've east. never even what? Farthest I've gone east is Pennsylvania. Bro, we're like ten hours from the Atlantic. Tw- Twelve hours. Twelve hours. I think Pennsylvania, right? and uh, yeah, that's the closest I've so been. I've been on every east. state on the East Coast, including Maine, and then nice. I've been in every Midwest state, every Southern state. I've been to Alaska. I see. I haven't been there, but never been to California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada. Never been to any. So of those. Janelle's been to like all those places. So um, I, I I'd say for um, Alaska. I don't. Think. I'd say heads Carolina. And then tails. I've gone no, through no. heads, heads okay. Carolina, tails California. Okay, so I guess I have. You been. have no idea what I just said, did you? It's a song. It's a new song. Okay. Just well, I have been to music, North baby. Carolina, but it was in Charlotte, so it wasn't really the coast. But it's still East. It's, we went to, you've been to the East Coast. That's considered East Coast. It's just not it's on not, the coast. Yeah, it's not. Coast. But I would say probably I'd say West Coast because I've never been. I've never been West Coast. So I'm, I'm going to go tails California. I would probably say California too. I also do want to go to Seattle. Really, that's bad. just because I want to go see like the Redwood Force. Mm. And like in the like, San Diego Aquarium, like the Sea World, the, the, <laughs> the what's that trail out there that goes from Mexico all the way up to Canada? Oregon uh, Trail? No, no. You died of dysentery along the way. <laughs> Dang it! No, no, no. Dis, not dysentery. Dis, 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 dysteria. Dysteria. Dyslexia. Dysentery. Dysentery. <laughs> Basically, you poop yourself. I found. I didn't know what that meant until like a week ago. Beth, I, I we made the joke. She goes, and the kids were like, "What's that?" And she goes. You poop yourself to death. Did like, you what? Did you never watch Mrs. Doubtfire? Uh, yeah, it's been that's, a while. That's where he's like uh, Robin Williams in the very beginning. He's like, I would hate to hear that Miranda got. You know, he's talking to his kids. I, I would hate to hear that she got uh, amoebic dysentery or you know, pi- uh, what was it, piles or miles or whatever. I don't remember what he said. I don't know what that is. But she, the little girl, it's like, what's what's amoebic dysentery? And they're like, well, it's when you drink bad water. And you blow out your guts. And like he's like doing this. And it was like, how dare you say that about mommy? Why Why do you want to kill mommy? It was great. So I learned at a very um, early age what, what dysentery I'm gonna was. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that one. <laughs> All right. One more. One, two more. I want to do two more. All right. This is fun. Flip-flops or Chucks? Chucks or? or chucks. Like Chuck Taylors? Yeah. Ooh. Like Chucks. Well, first I was like, my, my first thought was like flip-flops or shotguns. I'm like, mm. no. Uh, flip-flops, flip-flops or, or chucks? Yeah. Like high-top chucks. <sighs> Neither, bro. Neither. <sighs> so, your boy. I'd rather do Crocs than flip-flops. Oh. I'll oh. do flip-flops. Like they, I mean, I got Crocs? Old Navy ones. Crocs? I'd rather do Crocs than flip-flops. What are you, a redneck? Sorry for all those who wear Crocs. Did you know <laughs> most of my shoes were Crocs, including my tennis shoes, my my dress shoes, my casual what? shoes? They were all Crocs brand. They had Croc insoles on the bottom, but they looked like normal shoes. So, so comfortable. Back in high school and so, college. It got me through high school and college. High school and college, college, I was I was a Chuck Taylor dude. Were you? All through, dude, I was punk rock, man. I'm Adidas. Bro. I, I, I always wanted Chuck rock. because of it, but no, I always rocked Adidas. No, I, yeah, no. I, I would rock DC or I would, Vans. I would have, so I would rock Vans too. But I would rock I, DCs or Vans, but I, I would have made Chuck's. fun of you for wearing Adidas. Yeah, that's but, all right. I was a jock. I was with the cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> and I wasn't. So, but now I'm a Christian I, school, I which prefer, meant not really. I prefer flip flops now. Flipper. Now, I like slides. I love me my slides. 
But I'd say neither. Not, okay, I you do like, your answer. Well, it's just, oh. it's just a flip. You don't. Oh, it, oh, they don't have bad. it. Okay. Like, all right. All right. Last here, one. Last right, one. Last one. You're right. This is a very big one. Is it about food? No, it's not. But this one is going to tell us. I haven't all, had meatloaf in a while, by the way. All we need to know. Drink your espresso shot. All we need to know about whether you are saved or not saved, right here. Oh, if you geez. listen to the last two. Coffee weeks. or tea? Jeopardy or the Price is Right? Hundred percent, Price is Right. Jeopardy. What? I love Overprice is Right. Overprice is Right. I'll do Jeopardy. Over, any, what? Wait. Now wait. Bob Barker or Alex Trebek? I think I'd go with Bob Barker, but I like the show Jeopardy better. But see, I like right. Alex Trebek better. He is very smart and intelligent. I would, I would love to have seen them flip flop shows. But is that a thing? Do they ever flip flop shows where like Bob Barker? I that'd be cool. You know, for a book report in high school, I read a Bob Barker um, autobiography, and then it was like a book report. So I actually played The Price is Right from a book report and freaking aced it. Nice. So Bob Barker, fun fact. He's all about Spain and neutering the Fun fact my great grandfather. My mom's dad's, my mom's grandpa. Okay. Adopted. Adopted okay. grandpa. Okay. His name was Bob Barker. So I used to go around as a kid all the time being like, dude, Bob, my great, and I knew him. Bob Pops is Bob Barker. And Bob Barker is my great grandpa. No, he's not. I said, I swear to you. I said, I, I'll put my hand on a stack of Bibles and swear it. Because it's true. Because it was totally true. It just wasn't the Bob Barker everybody <laughs> was talking right about. Bob Barker. <laughs> People probably say that about Mark and Fuller. I, I know, I know Mark. Not that one. Not, I know Fuller. I know that fu one. Full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So, but yeah. But I would say, but see, I grew up like watching The Price is Right when I was sick home with grandma or like all summer I watched The Price is Right. I, no, don't get me I wrong. I never did Jeopardy I, as a kid. I enjoyed The Price my dad, is Right. My dad preferred Jeopardy. That's for I sure. enjoyed The Price is Right, but I really, and I still to this day love Jeopardy. So when I was painting the Whitcomb house, when we were getting ready to sell it, and I was painting all the trim and putting up all the trim and stuff. Oh, oh, that's one over I, at Chippewa, right? That's the Whitcomb yeah, house? Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So I put on uh, I put on The Price is Right. It was on Amazon Prime, and I just let it play. I, I listened to like- The Price is Right? Or, not the or Jeopardy. No, Jeopardy, I'm Jeopardy, sorry. okay. I listened to like hundreds of episodes this while I was working on it. This is why he's fun of, full, of, full fun, of fun facts, ladies and fun gentlemen. Fun facts, because I- that is, This is Jeopardy. the reason right here. Do Jeopardy, Jeopardy. your brain You, you want to be goo. the next fun fact guy? Jeopardy. <laughs> you turn your brain into jelly? Yeah, sure. No. Jeopardy. 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 All right. My bad. So this, co right. this coffee, which right. you drank, and I have a little swig left. It was uh, good, man. a special coffee. And this was sent to us, right? I it, think, right? It was sent to okay. us by Shannon. Shannon Doe. Shannon Doe. I love the, to The pipes, you. the pipes, they're calling. Oh, we had different Shannon Doe songs. Yeah, I had the Shannon Doe River. No, what I was singing was Danny Boy, but uh, I was changing the lyrics. I um, mean, I have, I have you know, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. People don't realize how much we sing for, for Mike Shannon checks. Downing. Shannon Downing. Okay. Shannon Downing. See, Which I was people right. have been hitting us up so hard the last two weeks, and That's you been have been, great. dude, you have been the boss. You've been on every social channel, every <sighs> email, every text. Up. It's been a lot. I'm like, all I do is I, work and work on the house and I feel bad because I, it's, usually it takes me a couple I mean, let's be honest. It takes me a couple days. It, it, sometimes a week. Even when we are going together, it takes us usually a week or two on some just people. To keep up. I mean, it's just a lot. But this was sent by Sh by Shannon. But if you want to get to us fast, Facebook group. Facebook yeah. group is the easiest well, way, man. if you want to get to him fast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's true. Uh, I'm not good Shannon Downing sent us this coffee Yep, from Jared's Jams and Josh's Java. And uh, I'm going to read this little card that came I'm gonna with Google it. I'm going to Google them. So uh, Shannon went to school with Jared, uh, and I'm going to read their story. I know you guys are probably like, all right, let's get to this biblical accuracy thing, <laughs> but this is a really cool story. 
Uh, and it says, after presenting uh, at the United Nations in 2014, so Jared um, has Down syndrome, and he was in a, uh, the Special Olympics. He's an Olympian, actually. Three-time, I think? Three-time Olympian uh, is what I read? Yeah, I think so. So Jared wanted to give back to the organization that had done so much for him. Uh, he began making jam with the fruit from his family farm. All funds from Jared's products were then donated to the Special Olympics. In 2016, Jared shifted his fundraising initiative to a small business. Josh's Java sprang from Jared's brother's desire to complement Jared's small business. Josh's love for coffee led to creating specialty blends for family and friends. Roasting, grinding, and adding natural ingredients to make unique coffee blends as a hobby has evolved into Josh's Java. In 2021, Jared and his family renovated an 86-year-old building in order to create the, an FDA kitchen and storefront. Today, Jared's Jams continues to offer their quality product, a delightful shopping experience, kitchen rental, online shopping, and workshops. In 2022, Jared is also opening a coffee shop in his kitchen. Which is um, the coffee we're drinking right now, right? Which is the coffee we're drinking, and we are drinking the Cacao Coffee, which is a balanced blend of cacao, coffee, and vanilla, which offers a velvety body with a mm -hmm. smooth finish, and I would agree with those I notes. would agree with that 100%. So, it has, because something that we talk about, like the Peruvian coffee that we drink from Joe Frerichs, kind of right. has that chocolatey, cocoa, yes, yes. velvety. That's what this was. So this um, is, I would say this is a good, this is a good sipping coffee at night. So the other coffees that they sent to us, they sent one of each of our coffee, our Shannon Shannon bought us one of each of the coffees, sent it to us. The other ones are uh, cardamom uh, coffee. This is uh, a blend, presents a rich, layered experience, bold yet subtle. And chicory coffee, roasted chicory, mm, lends a light, nutty flavor with earthy undertones for a surprisingly uncom uh, uncomplicated cup. I'm excited for that one, man. So, and this is out of Missouri. This is out of Missouri. And it, all the proceeds go back to Special Olympics, so which is awesome. Check them out at jaredsjams.com, J A R. E-D-S-J-A-M-S. -S. And I'm looking at this, and I mean, they sell like their apple butter, their jams. Like they Dude, I'm going to buy some. They got some syrup. Do you say syrup or syrup? Syrup. I say syrup. I say syrup. Syrup. It's like, do you, do, do you say uh, caramel or caramel? Do you say wash or wash? Wash. <laughs> Last time I checked, you do not spell it like George Washington. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, listen. But there's so many people that say wash. It drives me nuts. I was like, oh, you're washing something? Then we're going to go climb up a tree afterwards or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's so. But but there, you, there's so many different signs with syrups and strawberries. If I remember, I think Jared said his favorite were blueberry. Yeah, blueberry and yeah. Uh, strawberry. Blueberry and strawberry jams were his favorites. But we, yeah, we were sent the whole article on on Jared's jams. So and Josh's cool, man. Job he's up, met the president, vice yeah. president. He's, he's raised money for Special Olympics all, all over the place. All sorts of stuff. So, um, it's, Shannon, coffee with an, it's another coffee with a cause, man. Yeah, Shannon, thank you thank for you. Uh, letting Some us. crap, man. So, Shannon actually goes. Way, Shannon actually went to school with him, and I believe she said she goes to church with him as well. So, um, yeah, jump on Jared's jam.com and get your jam on i love it well dude beth just sent me a random text okay um you gotta leave pause no oh. it's more just the fact of sadie just referred to your mustache as your top beard top beard so, so apparently i have a bottom beard and a top beard did you know you have a top beard you have and a bottom a, beard you have a sad beard and a smiley beard wow <laughs> okay that's even better i thought you're calling it sad because it doesn't connect right here in the middle who, mine no, or mine, yours? Mine doesn't connect in the say, middle. At least mine doesn't have the Orlando Bloom where it doesn't connect on the sides either. You know, That's pirates. It wasn't true. that bad. But the review of tour today comes yeah. from Noah. Is it, It's either Badel. Badel. Bad Badel. Battle. Battle. Um, Badali. Badel. Watch it. Watch it be something like no. Noah. 
like no, bro, it's Budol. Something crazy. So Noah, tell us what it is, man. But check this out. I love this one because he is another super close listener yeah. up in Grand Rapids. So five stars Apple Podcast. He says, "Hey guys, been listening to the podcast for a couple weeks now, and I listen to about six a day." Holy moly, that's Can a lot pause? of Mark and Fuller. Can we pause? Pause. How? You I mean I mean I listen to certain podcasts six times a day, so I guess it's just it is what it is. Dude, but I've been listening to a lot of RC Sproul and I, I mean, can do that. If if you listen to us any faster than one time speed, I No, no I, you no, can't understand me. No, yeah. Well, that's why nobody can. They're like, man, I'd like to speed it up, but Mark talks so high Mark and so talks fast. So high is. and so fast. It'd be like an auctioneer, hey, I got a dollar over here, dollar dollar fifty. It's true. Uh listening to y'all has been encouraging me to make my faith my own and has inspired me to start a podcast nice. up at Cornerstone University. Fun Sweet. fact used to be Grand Rapids Baptist Bible College back in the day with some of my friends. Any tips on how to get that started? Yes. Yes, yes, reach out in the email to us. Yep, do email, message or us on message. Facebook, and we yep. will... T- oh, actually, if you really... I'll just give them this little tidbit. So on my small church media podcast that I do, sure, I actually did how to start podcasts for churches. So a lot of that would apply there as well. So there's like five episodes of how to start and grow and manage nice. your podcast. So nice. go to smallchurch.media, click the podcast button, and you can learn over there right now, and then send us messages and follow up. Not Th- sponsored. Not sponsored, but I have a different voice for RTC than I did Small Church, and the Small Church Media voice just came out. Um, it says, thanks for bringing a ray of sunshine with your banter and deep talk. Hope your families are great, and have a great day. Well, we are having a great day, my friend, because I got lost and still got here to focus Ain't on five no minutes. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. As long as it's not a long black train. Here's a long there black it is. train. Sorry, anyways. Coming around. <laughs> So, anyways, let's a lot of espresso. Cash. L- l- lots of espresso. I love it, right man. Now. Well, dude, so Noah, ch- hit us up. We want to send you a mini swag bag. And w- pause. Talk, yeah. Talking about swag bags. Pause. Yeah, we uh, Fed- uh, FedEx ca- canceled us. <laughs> FedEx. We are we are gonna take. Some, we're gonna blame FedEx. We're gonna take we some canceled. advisement from FedEx. We here. got canceled. First of all, I want to extend my sincere apologies for all of those who are. About to be very sad. Not, so not Americans. We are no longer sponsored as of right now. Nope. So the extra income is not coming in right now. There's nothing. There's zero. There's, There's nothing. zero dollars. There's nothing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we just sent a just a small swag bag, less than a pound, over the border, over to Canada legally, 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 and it was a hundred and nine dollars. But we did. But we did it. But we did it because we committed to it. Because we love you. But we can't do that no more. We <laughs> are no longer in the financial position to ship internationally. Sadly. So uh, if you want a Bible, we can still do that because we'll drop ship it directly from wherever you're wherever. at. To get to yeah. You. Yep. Yeah. We'll, That's not we'll a big figure deal. That's not a big deal. But the swag bag stuff, the RTC personalized stuff, unfortunately, is going to have to pause for the moment's time. And we do not know when that is going to be restarted. Unless there's a way for us just to get a bunch of stuff up to Sabrina and she handles the shipment. Yeah, but you still gotta <laughs> you still gotta get it up there. No, we order it and it. then just drop ship the stuff let's, there. RTC on the road. Let's Dude, drive it let's up there. Let's just go to Canada one day. <laughs> just go to Toronto. Why it's are you guys in Toronto? Far. We're shipping, homie. We're it's, just here to ship some it's stuff. It's really not that far from where we're at. I would at. love to go back to Niagara Falls, man. It's been a long time. I mean, since you think about there. it, you could jump into Canada in about three and a half hours from here. South of Detroit. 
Well, if you go northeast, Boom. yes, yes. I was thinking north because I'm like <laughs> three and a half. No, hour, bro, it's he's six like, hours to get to the UP. What like, are you talking he's about? He's like, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, man, I, did, I used to live not even like thirty minutes, maybe from there's a short the northern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you go to the part of Canada that's actually warmer than North Dakota. So what we do is we just cross the border there, bro. Go to the nearest FedEx in Canada and, and ship, ship it. that mug. <laughs> it but will be cheaper. either way. But so I, I just said either way again. Take a coffee shot, Noah. At the end of the day, since you is in the Grand Rapids. In the beautiful area, go get yourself some Madcap or get yourself some uh, some uh, what's what's the name Ferris some 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 Ferris nuts. Their but regardless, reach go out to us and we'll send you the mini swag bag, bro. And we'll get you this mini swag. So, and I'm sorry for all international listeners who have not gotten one. We apologize about that. We apologize for all the caffeine. We and apologize for making it 25 minutes before we've started the episode. And there's the time another espresso shot. So this question <laughs> of a biblical accuracy. I had to beat you to it. You did. You did a good job. All right. No, lead it in, boss. I'm going to learn alongside him. But at the end of the day, we're going to still start it. That's true. <laughs> Just don't get bicycle face while you do it. Oh, dang it. Don't pee on yourself to communicate. Or poop. <laughs> That's poopy talk. If you don't know what we're talking about, rewind. <laughs> Sorry. You'll catch up on all wow. of those jokes. All, all right, right. Go for it, my boss. So is my boss? The bo- my man? My man. Go for it, boss. My, my boss. My house. Wow. Uh, is the Bible accurate and trustworthy? This question actually comes from a listener. Um, but it's a question, actually, I've received a ton mm-hmm. recently from just people we know. It's a big-time one. I mean, this is one of the ones my students ask all the time in the student ministry. I mean, people at work ask me the same thing. And so we're going to we're gonna talk about it over the next two weeks. This, it, is, this is another two-parter? This is a new, we got a lot of two-parters. So is season are we four going, only going to be two-parters? Are we going to cliffhang this one bad like we did the last one? Yeah, Joe got mad at us the first time we did it. Yeah, well, that's right. Joe get over it. Send, send us coffee, Joe. Love you, Joe. <laughs> Keep going. Anyways, so I wanted to read a couple fun facts at the top of the first episode. I know. Do do you have one for the butt of the episode, too? Well, of course. Okay. Okay, good. (laughs) All right. So um, did you know that the Bible is the most stolen book? Ironically, (laughs) although one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not steal, the Bible is the most stolen book in the world. Bibles are regularly taken from hotels, hospitals, bookstores, and other okay, locations. Okay, but that's different because the Gideons want you to take the Bibles out of hotels and hospitals. It's still stealing. Re- but I guess people might, they, they probably take them to like burn them or throw them away. That's it's probably still what it is. stealing. Not when that's what the purpose is. No, they're to be there to read. But anyways, Anywho. so did you know the Bible is the best-selling book in the world? That I did know. The Bible is the most read book in the world. The best-selling book sees up to 100 million copies sold or donated annually. Approximately 20 million copies are sold each year in Question. the U.S. alone. What's the most download? What's the most bought Bible translation right now? I'm not sure. NIV. Okay. Followed by CSB. No. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Trying. Uh, good old King Jimmy. Oh, okay. And IV and King Jimmy oh. are the top two selling Bibles generally. King Jimmy. Every year. All right. But yes, I did know it was the best selling book. The so, only book I think that's beat it is like, there's other ones, but I think Purpose Driven Life almost beat it one year. Almost. But every for year. one year. But year, every year, year, yeah, the Bible is one of the most, like, is one of the top selling so books. Did you know that the oldest Bible that's still in existence dates back to the fourth century? Ooh. So that's like 380. The most, com- yeah, that's the that's oldest dope. Bible. So one of the earliest versions of the Bible can be found in the Vatican Library and dates back to the 4th century. The Parchment Bible includes the Old Testament and New Testament. So if you're curious to check out the Codex Vatican, uh, you can do that. It's digitized it's, and online. It's, Va- it's Vaticanus. I'm sorry. Codex Vaticanus. Yes, the Codex Vaticanus. So that's digitized and online so, for so you to So, so far, read. it's the best-selling book. It's the most stolen one, and it's 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 crazy old. It's crazy old. Uh, so the Bible also, uh, the text was written over the course of 1,500 years. Mm-hmm. 
So, Old Testament and New Testament, right? Yeah, okay. so I figured you would know this. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. while there's some debate, most biblical scholars agree that it took about 1,600 or 1,500 years to write the Bible. While Genesis is the first book in the Bible, many experts believe that the book of Job was written first. Yep. The last book was written and added to the Bible was the book of Revelation. It is estimated to have been written around, it depends, really. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, there's critical scholarship, there's conservative scholarship, well, but... Th- there's some that say it was 69 AD and some that say it was... 96 AD, so somewhere in that 30 years. Yep. But either way, it was... The, the, it depends on your eschatology, the Bible what you believe. That, that most of us... Now, obviously, there's like there, there's different books like in the Apocrypha or there's other Shh, additional we're, stuff. We're going to get there. But it's crazy to think that the Bible that we hold in our hands is that was old. finished before like... That was the... Can you imagine? 70 years after Jesus died. Well, not only that, but... Man, it took 1,500 years to write that book. Right, and then the New Testament was wrapped up in like 30 years. Right, right. Like, so uh, the last thing we're going to last fun fact at the beginning of the episode is the number of books in the Bible varies. Mm-hmm. While all Bibles have 39 books in the Old Testament tw- and 27 books in the New Testament, there are additional books that are accepted in the different branches of Christendom, which we've actually got. An we, we have an episode on, on that one. Yep. So the Protestant Bible has 66 books. The Catholic Bible has 73 books. The Orthodox Church does not have a universally approved Bible canon. Orthodox Bibles can have 79 to 86 books. So the simple explanation for this is that Martin Luther, who started the Lutheran Church, which served as the foundation of Protestantism, removed seven books from the Bible. This included several books from the highly debated Apocrypha, which means of doubted authority. Hmm. And now I will say, like, that was an outside source because Martin Luther didn't remove books from the Bible. No, they just didn't consider them. them. Yeah. But, but yeah, I so mean, this I know actually, we're going to go into a lot of the specific details yes. and, like, Erasmus so th- and all these different yeah, people, too. This is, uh, th- that was all, all those facts came from reference.yourdictionary.com slash facts. Hmm. So I'll put that uh, in the show notes. Cool. Because there, there's a lot more in there. Um, all right. So I had to throw in not only facts that I like, but quotes that you like. Oh, thank you. So the Bible has stood the test of time because it is divinely inspired by almighty God written in ink that cannot be erased by any man, religion, or belief system through the many dark ages of man. It's glorious promise has survived unchanged. That is because God's word is pure. The beginning and the end, his written word has survived every scratch of the human pen. And that was by Billy Graham. And then there's this one by Joseph M. Holden, which, fun fact, that's what this is the general editor that put together the um, apologetics book we're doing in our small group. Really? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, inerrancy is the fundamental of the fundamentals. Only divinely inspired and inerrant scripture guarantees the truth and authority of the doctrines that flow from them. Only then can the church rest assured that when the Bible speaks, God speaks. All right, so here's something, a question to think about before we even oh. jump into the rest of the notes, all right? Sure. Because we can talk about, is the Bible accurate? Was it faithful? Did the church create the Bible? Did we have a Bible before Constantine? Sure. Do we have a Bible before King Jimmy? Sure. I think the first question we have to ask is, why on earth does this even matter? Why? Why does this matter? And I think most people know why it matters, but I think it's good for us to start there and just go, why does this conversation even matter? Well... I'll give you my opinion. Yeah, give me your opinion, and then I'll give you the facts. I keep playing with my hair on the camera because it's very big and bushy right now. Yeah, everybody's watching. It's like picking your nose. Anyway. (laughs) Wow, we haven't done that one in a while. Nope. Keep going. Uh, (laughs) So why does this conversation matter? It matters because uh, at the foundation of our beliefs, our our foundational beliefs come out of Scripture, right? Yep. So if the Bible is inaccurate or it uh, is inerrant, 
or it is errant, not inerrant, I guess it is errant, um, then is what we believe about Christ and following Christ accurate and inerrant? Or is it just a bunch of baloney? Or is it just a bunch of human theology that was thrown together? Mm -hmm. So this is why it's important to find out, is the Bible um, accurate? So that's my opinion. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I mean, to right in stride for for me, because you know, there's been a lot of times in my life where I've struggled with, okay, is Christianity really true? This stuff doesn't make sense. Like lately, Ava's been asking a lot of questions about Satan and uh, Lucifer. Yeah. So we've been we've been having a lot of conversations around that. And the, so wait, so so where did, didn't Jesus win? Like, is Jesus losing right now? Like, did is God going to lose? Like, like, like really fun questions. Right. Like talking about on the way to school. Uh, actually, I haven't even told Beth that yet. We've <laughs> It's so early, man. But, you know, I've I've had doubts on my faith and go, okay, why do I believe what I believe about God, eternity, all these different things? And it's because you first start with, you know, you start with Jesus and the resurrection and go, okay, if he really did rise from the dead, we probably should believe what he says about all the other things. Sure. If, if, if someone says, I am God, and then they die, and then they rise again, and they do all these different things, it's like, yeah, you you it, boss. But if the New Testament is full of a bunch of, a bunch of junk in there, can we even believe about what the apostle Paul says where, right. you know, unless Jesus dies and rise again, our faith is what in vain. It sure. does not matter. If Jesus never rose again, we have nothing to stand on. If Jesus never died, he would never been the sacrifice. And then you march it all the way back. And if we look at the biblical accounts of the new Testament and of the gospels, if the story of Jesus claiming to be God, you know, we call him also the son of God. Um, I just whacked my microphone. I'm sorry. Uh, but if, if Jesus is God, he did die. He did rise again. He is now king. We should follow him. And where he came out of, he came out of the Jewish lineage, which then points back to the validity of the Old Testament, right. which then points back to the validity of Yahweh existing before the beginning of time. And that's where I rest my faith. And so many people like Bart Ehrman, and, um, which is a big person out of North Carolina who's done a lot of history in terms of the historical facts of disproving the resurrection and disproving the the the, the gospels um, and that's why I love NT Wright stuff about the gospels because he is also a historian he goes no everything you're saying that you don't like about this over here airman this is what facts are so if we can t- look at our bible and go no this doesn't like this is wrong this is incorrect then we can point at other parts of scripture that are wrong mm-hmm. or incorrect and eventually poke so many bullet holes that you can't believe the validity of the gospel. Right. So if we are standing upon our faith upon Jesus and who he is, but we can't believe that the Bible is true, accurate, has authority, then what are we even doing? Right. Well, and there's that old uh, Pascal's wager on the matter, too. You remember what Pascal's wager is? Ooh, is that the C.S. Lewis wager, too? No. What's Pascal's wager? Pasca- I remember it. Pascal's wager was a apologetist in the 17th century, 16th century, something like that. But he said, um, if I were uh, to believe in God and God is real, it's a benefit to me. But if I was to not believe in God and God was real, it would be... Um, destruction for me oh but yeah if i were to believe it, Lewis does but if i were to believe in too, god yeah. and god wasn't real it's still a benefit to me and if god if believing if i don't believe in god and god is not real it's not gonna i mean it's kind of the idea of right. hey what do you have to lose if you right. believe in god nothing's exactly. there but i'm like oh i don't know if that's if you if it's that's, called it's called pascal's wager it says uh yeah, but what, that's what not biblical lose, that's not biblical well though. it's not but it what i think what he was trying to make the point is why are you so worried about whether the bible's accurate or not well, you should just be worried about whether you believe or not, right? And and, and I think that's where another 
person asks us that question of, well, what's the difference of God? Because I think that's where we have to stand on the Bible. Because I think every single person knows and believes that there's something bigger, bigger and greater out there. That's why science keeps exploring out. They want to go, sure, what is out sure. there? Because is there other things? Are we alone well, in this universe? And like Scott said, so, you know, pastor of the church I go to, Southside, uh, your formal my, my for former. former place of employment. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. You made me sound like I got fired. <laughs> no, it, it was your former place. It was. Yeah, I was on staff uh, there. It was awesome. But he said you have to. He, you know, when you're you're discussing the Bible, uh, there's things that we know, and then there's things that people like to speculate, and you can't speculate. Ooh, okay. You have to go down to the center line of what do we know, right? Because, and and what's the basic? What does the Bible surround? Uh, surround, you know, and it's it's the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Scripture, Old Testament points to it. Gospels affirm it, and New Testament points to the returning of that, affirming that, and pointing back to Christ coming again. So that's the center line, right? And so then we build from there, and we have to keep that at our center focus of this is what it is. So why does it matter? What's the most pivotal point that matters? It's the life. It's death Jesus. And right. Exactly. And so if we, and that's the other part too, where it's like, if we get something wrong, other parts of the Bible, who's to say that they didn't lie or make up the whole thing about Jesus and start this whole like right. quote unquote, you know, cult movement, you know, and that's right. what a lot of people like to poke holes at, especially in the TikTok theology, especially with, you know, Instagram, Instagram theology. These people are just spouting off all these different facts. You know, there are some things that we as Christians just have to have faith, right. but faith is the evidence of things not seen. In other words, the fact of we have evidence of it. We just can't see. It's kind of like wind. We see the evidence of wind, but right. you can't physically see wind. Sure. You see things in the wind. Right. You see how the clouds are moving in the wind, but you can't see wind, but we have right. evidence that wind is there. Right. And it's the same idea with what the Bible and what the gospel is, is the fact of, you know, there's certain things we can't see, but God doesn't say worship me with just this, but he also says worship me with your entire mind. Right. You know, so all your mind, soul, and strength. Right. Love your neighbor as yourself. So today we're gonna love Jesus with our mind. We're gonna we're gonna brush the subject of apologetics. I here. love it, man. So <laughs> so now that we've answered the question of yes. why does it even matter if the Bible is accurate and trustworthy, <laughs> let's jump into the fact of is so, the Bible can we believe it? Like, is it actually true and accurate? Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into um this is comes from Bible.org. I mean, uh, this this article right here. Uh, Ooh, uh, uh, yep, that's a good website, too. And I, and I love what they said. They said the quantity of the New Testament. So we're talking about the quantity, right? Is the Bible accurate? Well, let's look at, we're going to look at three things from Bible.org. We're going to look at um, quantity, quality, and the authors. Oh, okay. So, so, so that, that's what we're going to cover today in part one. So this is what we're going to cover today in part one. Um, so the quantity, the quantity of the New Testament manuscripts is unparalleled in ancient literature. There are over 5,000 Greek manuscripts and over 8,000 Latin manuscripts and another 1,000 manuscripts in other languages, Syria, uh, Coptic, etc. In addition to this extraordinary number, there are tens of thousands of citations of the New Testament passages by the early church fathers. Mm-hmm. In contrast, the typical number of existing manuscript copies for any of the works of the Greek and Latin authors, such as Plato, Aristotle, Caesar, and Tisidius, uh, ranges from 1 to 20. Um, Don Deal and Jace, Joseph M. Holden, again, the, uh, the comprehensive guide to apologetics, this would be page 47, says this, uh, the number of manuscripts available, more copies to compare to arrive at what the original text said. For example, scholars, uh, I'm sorry, what did I say? I messed up here. So I typed these out of the book. <laughs> for example. Uh, so, uh, for example, scholars today have about 1,860 manuscript copies of Homer's Iliad. 
uh, with a gap of about, about four to 500 years between the original composition and our oldest copy. Many other works from ancient history, such as Plato, Aristotle's, uh, have not fared better, often having more than 1,000 years worth of a gap Which between the original and the oldest existing. So you got to figure, right? The Bible was written in 1,500 years, right? Right. And so we're talking about from the original to the oldest existing copies, 1,000 years. So we have uh, the oldest copy to now. Well, think about it. Like George Washington and the American Revolution was only... 200, 250, 300 years 270 ago. Like, years we have ago, to give another 600 and something years to be right. before it's a thousand years so, of that history. Right. So there was wow. over a thousand year gap between the original and the oldest existing copy with less than two dozen manuscripts of each. Two dozen. 24. Uh, f- uh, so how does the New Testament stack up in the ancient competition? We have nearly 30,000 New Testament manuscripts in various languages or versions. Of these, more than 5,800 are in the Greek language with the oldest verified copy or fragment of the New Testament document from the Gospel of John with a gap of of fewer than 50 years from the original composition. Mm. And did you know that right now they're working on a, 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 I think it's even closer than 50 years of a Gospel of Mark. Yes, so they have they found a gospel of Mark. They haven't given any details about it right. yet at the time of recording of when the actual dating of that gospel of well, Mark. Well, and was. we're still finding more yep. and more manuscripts in the. Uh, uh, oh, man, I just had a brain. Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, but where they're at, uh, the place where they're finding them. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about too. Yeah, I can't think of the I name. I can't right. think what it is either. I've got the book over there on the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> I'm say, I mean, I have it in my head too, and I can't think what it is. But, but either yeah. way, it's the fact of right. What basically what you, what you are trying to say is out of all the ancient works so, and ancient literature, there is by far a ton more manuscripts well, of the actual gospels so and the Bible. Let, let's let's just base it take faith out of it, right? Base okay. it base it on facts, okay, and base it on. Um, what we have already established is true, right? We say as a society that Homer wrote, the, wrote his Iliad, right? Right. That, that he, he was attributed to the Iliad, and we believe that. Yet there was a gap story between when he supposedly wrote it to when we actually have the oldest manuscript of four to 500 years, right? Mm-hmm. And there's only 1,800 copies of it, 1,800 like fragments and, and copies of this Iliad, right? 1,860. Right of of the old old manuscripts that we can find. All right, so we but we believe that Homer did that. Now we believe Aristotle and Plato and their writings that they did. Right, we don't even have. I don't think we even have stuff from Socrates. Not no. I, mean, and it's I just love ref- the Socrates it's, method it's, all the time. It's references, right? Man. It's references, yeah. and there's more. There's fewer than two dozen manuscripts of those of each, with a thousand year gap from when they were supposedly written to when we found our oldest dated manuscript that we have. A thousand year gap. Okay, so we're saying we believe and we affirm as a society that these are true and that they say that they wrote these and we affirm that. Mm -hmm. And yet the Bible and specifically the New Testament, right, has how many how many did we say over 30,000? Is that what I said? Or over 20,000? I can't remember what I said. We have nearly 30,000 New Testament manuscripts. 30,000. So and 5,800 of those are Greek. So 15 times more. Uh, copies of that than Homer's Iliad. 15 and times I, I do, more. I do want to make sure we say this. We're talking about just the New Testament. Just New not Testament. The old, not, not the OT. We're talking about the NT because the but, OT was the Jewish scriptures. But OT, we have even more. Yeah, we have tons of we we have have old manuscripts more. of Isaiah. But, but, yeah. but the NT, right, we have 15 times more manuscripts 
than we do of Homer's Iliad. Mm-hmm. So we have and a, yet we question that. And so on, so so we can take a few different things from this. A is the fact of the New Testament was highly valued yes. to the point where they spent a lot of money because it took a lot of money to actually write time letters and money. And papyrus. It oh, wasn't yeah. just like what we have now. It's a right. whole different. Yeah. A whole different era. Right. Um, so in one time, in, in the one sense is the fact of we actually have lots of manuscripts so we can compare and contrast all these different things. And right. you, you can go into like, you know, the Texas Receptus is the new is the uh, King Jimmy and the new King Jimmy versus the majority text, which is like the NIV and CSB, ESV, right. all those different things, whatever. But the fact is the, the, the Bible was highly valued to the point that it was copied over and over and over and over and over. There's not a whole lot of gaps between the oldest copy of one of those New Testament letters and what's actually there. And the thing that a lot of people skip over is the fact of if we had no copies at all right. and only used the church fathers, I think it's like 80% of the New Testament they'd be able to write. Right. And you would still know exactly what the main points of the Gospels were. So I you mean, wouldn't know all the little details, but you would know if, most of what the New Testament says just right. based, off first, uh, based off the church fathers' if, writings. If we're basing wild. and we're comparing taking faith out of it. Right. Greek manuscripts to Greek manuscripts. Bible kicks they butt. The Bible blows them out of the water, right? Mm-hmm. So we say we believe in, in Plato and Aristotle Socrates and Socrates and Homer. And they have less than a dozen apiece manuscripts of those. And we yep. say we believe Homer, who's got less than 2,000 of those. And we have over 30,000 of the New Testament. And we're like, we're calling that one into question. Okay. All right, cool. So let's dive into the quantity or the quality of it, right? Okay. So we, we jumped in, we did the quantity. Quantity, we blow it out of the water. So what would you say is the difference between quality and quantity? So quality is how accurate, right? What what's the accurate? Oh, in, in the actual yes. yes. Okay. So between the manuscripts. Again, this comes from Bible.org. There's so many resources. I just picked this because I like the three points that they actually hit on here. Um, we both have lots of books on this topic. You go jump into any apologetics books, and I specifically recommend the the Comprehensive Guide to Apologetics. It's a high read, like high and lofty read, mm-hmm. but it's a good read. It's good. Um, so uh, quality. Uh, this comes again from the Bible.org, and it says no variant readings are significant enough to call into question any of the doctrines of the New Testament. The New Testament can be regarded as ninety nine point five percent pure. And the correct readings for the remaining 0.5% can often be asserted or ascertained with a fair degree of probability by the practice of textual criticism. Mm. Later on in that Bible or the same article, it says, apart from some fragments, the early earliest Masoretic manuscript of the Old Testament is dated back to AD 895 that we have. 895 AD. Mm. Uh, this is due to the systematic destruction of worn manuscripts by the Masoretic scribes. However, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls dated from 200 BC to AD 68 drastically reduced the time span from the writing of the Old Testament books to our earliest copies of them. So it used to be that back in, you know, we only had uh, Old Testament manuscripts back to 900 AD. But New Testament AD. way before that. Sure, New Testament. Old te- I'm going Old Testament here. Right. So Old Testament only uh, up to basically 900 AD is the farthest back we went. But then with the discovery of uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls back in the 1927-ish, I think it was, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now we can actually date them back to, we have manuscripts from the Old Testament from 200 BC to 68 AD in that time frame right there. So that's a huge, so we are a lot closer because you figure what there's this, the silent years were what 400 years between the old testament and the new testament the last 
written. Yep, and and, and that's, that's what some of the apocrypha books, like the the Maccabean period. Yeah, I fill love that in the Maccabean period books. And, Those are fun. Yeah, well, yeah, there's some a lot of history, in it, although there's a lot of mysticism in it too. <laughs> uh, right, Maccabean. That's where they talk about making a sacrifice on behalf of the dead, which is where purgatory and prayer for comes for in. the dead. Yeah, right. There's a lot of mysticism in there. Which just because it says it doesn't mean it's right. Right. Exactly. So, but so, so um, but the big thing on the New Testament, right? And the New Testament, when they compare documents from the oldest manuscripts that they're finding in the Dead Sea Scroll, which have not been touched, right, since 68 A.D. Mm-hmm. is what we're finding them and dating them back to. Yep. Uh, they are within 99.5% pure to what we have nine. And what now, I've even read, too, is even if you would drop that number down, because there's more like, uh, uh, what would you call it, secular scholarship that would drop that from, not from 99.5, but more like probably 98, whatever. Sure. They would say that even though the number percent drop, the core of what the New Testament is trying to say is the it's same. the same, right, exactly. It's, well, so, it's on tertiary issues and that that's don't why, really matter and when that's it comes wh- down to it. You well, know? that's why Bible.org says that that can, that can be ascertained with the practice of textual Text, criticism. Textual criticism of what we're trying to do. And, right, and exactly. even a lot of the changes that you see in the actual text is the same thing as like if you're – you know, changing different languages. Like we don't write thy anymore. We write your, right. no, like, like some of that, some of so there's translations, right? And, that, that, and right. that's where, when we say that the Bible is inerrant, right? Mm-hmm. We are not referring to the, and I say this all, I just said this in our small group. We are not referring to the English translation, right? Although we think it is accurate. We are not saying it's inerrant because it is a translation. Correct. What is an inerrant text is the original manuscripts right that is the inerrant word of god right and we have translations based off of what we have in what the but past even down history though, but even those translations are 99.5 percent pure right so, so so far we have a crap load of of manuscripts and and you know papers and copies we have tons of them and, and then yeah. on top of that highly they accurate, all line up for the most highly part. accurate copies okay so 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 far when we're looking at just the what we're holding in our hands right. of what manuscripts are we can say okay they all line up and there's a lot of back them up right i think the next question is is can we trust who wrote them ah, you know what i'm saying so the author that's, that's where my brain goes next all right well we're gonna dive into that Ooh. from and this one's from gotquestions.org gotquestions.org which not sponsored, but we use them a lot. We love them. We love them anyway. <laughs> we do. We do. All right. So this one says the Old Testament authors declare that they spoke the very words of God. Exodus 20, 1 through 4, Deuteronomy 8, 3, Isaiah 1, 2, Jeremiah 1, 1 through 13. Certain men were designated by God as prophets, kings, or leaders, and were recognized as such by the people they served. The prophets qualified most of their pronouncements with the words, so says the Lord. So these are some of the authors that wrote some of the Old Testament letters, right? Okay. Jeremiah 45, 2, Zechariah 7, 13. This declaration was often met with rebellion and persecution. Matthew 23, 37, 1 Kings 19, 10, Acts 7, 52. There was no earthly reason for a prophet to declare unpleasant truths to people who were likely to stone him, right? So this is Old Testament. <laughs> right. Why would you say something that wasn't true at the risk of being stoned to death? Mm-hmm. Yet the prophets continued to proclaim their message because they were completely, completely convinced that the Lord held them responsible to represent him faithfully. The words of the prophets were then recorded for future generations and accepted as the word of God, even by Jesus himself. Like the Jewish culture. The Jewish culture it. accepted. And then Jesus. After the Jewish right. culture killed these prophets, they then accepted, oh, these were the words of God. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. So the New Testament authors identify various reasons for writing 
Uh, Luke, for example, was a respected physician and historian who traveled with Paul on his missionary journeys. He explains the purposes for his books in the first chapter, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent uh, Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So Luke tells us in Luke 1, 2 through 4, look, I'm writing because I've been following this pretty darn closely, and I want to make sure to uh, affirm everything that you've been taught here. Yep, and then, I mean, even if you look at, I know you didn't put it in here, but like the, the gospel of John, right. at the very end, John said, I wrote all of these things so that way you might believe right. and have eternal life. And there were so many other There's things so that couldn't even things. fit. Yeah, would, would fill books to fill the earth. <laughs> and Luke even used first sources. Like, I mean, right. um, you you might say, no, actually you don't. Okay, so, but with Luke and with Paul and with all these other people, they little Paul literally says, if you think my writing's a bunch of crap, go talk to this person, this person, this person, and this person, and all these other people. Right. And then Luke was like, hey, if you got a problem with what I'm saying, go talk to um, you know, Mother Mary. Yeah, here's the witnesses. Because Mary's gonna set you straight. Right. Like she's gonna whack you. Right. Because this like she helped she ponder all these things in her heart. So when the New Testament authors wrote, these were eyewitness accounts. Of people who actually follow well, Jesus, and you know, we, not all of them, or and, they were connected to them. And history and what our church fathers believe is that Luke was not just some run of the mill guy who believed in Jesus. Nah. He was a respected physician and historian. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, the, the article goes on to say Luke personally researched the claims about Jesus in order to verify the veracity of the gospel narrative and wrote the twin books, Luke and Acts. So, a respect, a highly respected, not only just physician, but historian. So, who, who I, many believe, including me, was, was hired by Theophilus right. because he wrote, I write to you so that you may believe about Jesus. Right. And then he wrote about all about Jesus well, and then what happened in, in the Acts of the Apostles yeah, afterwards. So, so that he would have certainty concerning the things he had been taught, right? Yeah. That's what Luke tells us himself. Mm-hmm. But not only that, okay, let's think about a physician. Okay. Even physicians back then, historically, and we can see through archaeology, were very detailed and accurate in what they did. So we have a detailed their person. Might be not be great, but we had a detailed person. No, but all their procedures that they wrote out. Right, no, I'm right? making a joke. So uh, the, it wasn't like he was just somebody that okay, I'm a I'm a doc, I'm a witch doctor, and I'm just I'm just saying I did this. But he was a respected physician and a respected historian, which means hey, I'm writing history stuff down. I'm researching history, so it's not like and. I, I always picture Luke as like a Lee Strobel, right? He's an investigative reporter. He, oh, and he's okay, going yeah. to find out the truth to try to prove the or disprove. case for XYZ. Right, yeah. exactly. Well, the, really, the case, the case for, for Jesus <laughs> and then the case for the growth of the church. Yeah, he, see, Lee Strobel stole it from Luke. <laughs> the case for Christ. <laughs> you plagiarizing person. Yeah, so um, Luke was a highly respected person. So t- for him to say that himself, that look, I, I looked into this myself. Okay. But, the article goes on to say, uh, from gotquestions.org, uh, Paul's letters to the church were received by the intended audience as having come from the Lord, 1 Thessalonians 2.13. It is also critical to note that most of the New Testament authors were martyred for their words. And this is something that we that is highly taught in apologetics. Yep. Uh, it is highly unlikely that such a wide assortment of men, all claiming a single truth, would suffer extreme persecutions and eventually be murdered for the words they knew to be a lie. This is the same thing why, uh, as a, an apologist, you would say when people go, well, you know, they believed back then that... Uh, that Jesus' disciples stole him out of the grave, and that's and they claim he rose from the dead. And we see that same argument come up today. 
And it comes back to the question of, and I ask yourself personally, Mark, if you knew it was a lie, would you be willing to watch your closest friends die? Nope. And yourself. Nope. In horrible manners. For what purpose? What what would would be the purpose? Think of John, right? Right. Boiled in a pot of oil. Boiled in a pot of oil. He's like boiled nuts. Not like, oh, I scalded my hand in hot water, but boiled in hot oil. Sent to the island of Patmos, which was an island for committed criminals. Mm -hmm. Peter hung on a cross upside down, the most excruciating way to die. And he gets turned upside down because he goes, I am not worthy to die in the same manner as my Lord did. And then you look at, you know, uh, like like Andrew, like St. Andrew's Cross where right. it's an X. Right. You you look at Thomas. You look at the church. Like, on I mean, and on and on And if goes. you want to know, I mean, we're not going to dive into that too much. If you want to know more about Sean McDowell, who's another apologist yeah. for a lot of this culture, he actually wrote his doctoral dissertation and his entire doctoral thesis on the life of the apostles and right. how that actually helps prove the validity of Christianity. So if you want to know more about what <laughs> what this means, for the fact that why would someone die for a lie? Check out his YouTube channel, Sean McDowell. He has yeah. a lot of good stuff on that. He does. That. Um, also, R.C. Sproul has a lot of good apologetic stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that I agree with everything R.C. Sproul teaches, but he does have a lot of good apologetic resources, and he's what we consider a classical apologist. Right. Okay, so that part makes sense, though, when it comes to seeing some of the authors. Like, if we see Luke, or we because some people just, like, disagree where it's like, oh, the Apostle Paul didn't write all of them. Like, right. maybe he didn't write, like, Luke or, you know, Second Corinthians or this or that. We know for sure that he wrote certain, but we don't know about all of them. Right. There's disagreement about which John wrote Revelation. There's disagreement sure. on, okay, so John Mark wrote the Gospel of Mark, but he was connected with Peter, but how did he even write all these things? So right. then the question becomes is those who follow Jesus, yes, we get that. We should listen to their stories, but why, like, how did the Bible become what it became? Because the, the there's, um, Luke even said, there's many accounts of Jesus. Sure. Like these are, and, and the four that we have just happen to be the four that have stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. There were many gospels of Jesus. There, sure. there well, was even Gnostic gospels. There's all these other le- letters that are writing. How come these ones are in our Bible today, but not like letters from St. Ignatius? Sir, like sure. how, how do we handle that part about it? Like how did we actually make the quote unquote Bible that we have now? So how did, how did the church fathers choose the canon? Yeah, basically. So, uh, well, I'll kind of end this episode with this point i I won't just like stop it okay i'll I'll give them a a heads up that we're gonna go through this and then we're gonna pause and move into the next week okay so uh how did the church fathers choose the canon that we have today there's three ways they did it apostolic origin corporate reception cross references okay okay so uh this article comes from christianity.com is the bible reliable it says uh was this book written by an apostle or an associate of an apostle. This is the apostolic origin. When we review the list of books, we cannot or we connect any of the authors to the original apostles in the first century. This is important because it gives weight and trust to the book in question. If we have a book with an unknown writer, it should lead us to investigate this text a little more. And I think the reason why they say that is because we have the book of Hebrews, which we still have an unknown author of the book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. But why is it in there? Uh, two reasons. Well, because of corporate reception, our second point here of how the, the canon was chosen. 
and what goes along with corporate reception was the early church receptive to the book in the first century, right? Mm-hmm. So this is after Jesus' early death. church, early church, early church. If the book in question was rotating among the early church and accepted as the word of God, and it can be trusted. Origen, an early church father, produced a list of books in the New Testament by 250 A.D. So this would be third yep. century. And then Erasmus had his, right. and then other people had Eusebius, theirs. And, I mean. And this is yeah, where it comes to the next part of cross-referencing, because cross that's what they all did right. with their stuff. So do these books agree with each other and with God's voice, right? With the, the concept of everything that goes on in Scripture, does it all, is it all cohesive? Mm-hmm. Um, this is important because if a book agrees with another book, we're able to see unity in Scripture. Many books found in the Catholic Bible contain historical errors and contradictions. This is important to note because God does not contradict himself, Numbers 23, 19. We don't pick and choose which books belong in the Bible. We recognize the voice of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. We look at the content within these books and build a reasonable case. We also ask important questions and allow God to lead us in the path of truth. So it's not just um. So it's not like a bunch of dudes sat down and said, "What Bible no. do we? What type of Christianity do we want and to it portray?" Wasn't, and it, the in the biggest bad is one. And it wasn't like the church early church said, "Hey, listen, uh, we're going to make this decision over dinner tonight, and that's it." It was like decades, right? Centuries. It's not like someone's sitting there choosing. Like, like I think of like a bunch of dudes sitting around a table, being like, "All right, so what direction do we want? like 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 a corporate business right. meeting? Well, right. Okay, where do we want to take Pepsi Co the next see, year? Yeah, where do we want to see ourselves in five years? Uh, like, no, like they. And the other thing that we have to remember is that these church fathers were now in in one sense. I mean, the the reason why Constantine brought everyone together at the Council of Nicaea to form the scriptures was because his part of it was not a not a biblical move or a religious move. It was actually a king move because sure. his entire kingdom was being split right. over Gnosticism, over this belief, this belief, this belief. And he goes, he, he literally was like, our kingdom is being ripped to shreds. Let's bring all the church fathers together and figure out what are the true Bible and like what is the true word of God because right. if this is it, it can't be that. But if right. that's it, it can't be this. So right. like like they're contradictory. So yeah. So what all lines up together and flows cohesively? Yep. And so there actually is a myth out there. This is a really cool post. This is why I kept bringing it up. Um, was uh, five fake news stories people believe about early Christianity. Um, it's it's really really cool post. One was that Jesus married was married to Mary Magdalene sure. like. Um, uh, Da Vinci Code. Sure. Great movie. Terrible theology. Um, another one was the deity of Jesus was not decided until the Council of Nicaea into the 4th yeah, century. Right. People were like, oh, that's when they made him... De-. No, they've always uh, believed right. it. Um, another one was the Gnostic Gospels, like Thomas, were just as popular as the four Gospels in the time. Which they weren't. Which is bogus. Um, and then the another one is the words of the New Testament radically changed and corrupted in the earliest centuries, which we'll talk about that more in the next, later. Yeah. But one of them that I thought was interesting, he says that a common myth is that Christians had no Bible until the time of Constantine. Again, this is the Gospel Coalition on Instagram. It says, one often... One oft-repeated claim is that the early Christians did not have a Bible. So the early church had no Bible. Right. Basically, they're called bull. Yeah, right. Um, They were reliant merely on an ever-changing oral tradition, and the problem wasn't resolved until Constantine commissioned the production of a Bible in the 4th century containing only the books he preferred. 
While this is yet another intriguing conspiracy theory, it lacks any historical foundation. The earliest Christians had a Bible from day one, which we now call the Old Testament. Yeah, right. <laughs> For them, the Old Testament was the undisputed word of God, and they were deeply committed to its authority. Moreover, right. from an early point, Christians regarded their own books as scriptural, as a core New Testament canon is evident by the early to middle second century well because of the reasons we just talked about in this episode and again the old testament is in line with what we consider the canon of the new right. testament because how did they know about flows. jesus jesus stood up and he read right. out of isaiah he said oh that person i just read about that's me until and, everyone went and paul himself said hey i sent you this letter pass this letter on after this and so you peter, know that there was the letters Apostle going peter around even referenced one of pauline's letter as scripture right, right exactly so you know that the the letters were one affirmed as the words of god by peter yep and passed around and circulated in the early church yep and, and this and, is what the father oh, early church fathers and the were early at. church would have were and what we even talked about it going back up to um the the, the the was it the quality where we talked about where there's a lot of cross or that might, that's cross cross references with the authors, all yeah. the the church um, the church fathers where they were actually using the words of Paul and the, using right. the words of Saint Peter and using right. the words of Saint John and Saint Jude and yes. all these all these different people to they make were quoted you instantly, many times which makes you instantly just pause and go okay if that's all what the early church was doing that's got to be the words of that we need to follow right because we need to know who Jesus is what Jesus says what Jesus commands to do and what we need to do now because of it well if you even look at the um the book of uh what is it the didac didache didache whatever the heck however the heck you pronounce it d d i a c h e i believe is how it's uh, spelled um but it was uh, it's basically the word means teaching right and it was one of the earliest um writings that we get from the early church and much of it lines up with our New Testament. Mm -hmm. Not all of it, but most of it lines up with it. So, but it's also not canon because it was and and second, we have other new second, second um, century writing. Was it Clement? I think there's a letter of Clement and maybe yeah. Saint Ignatius where they were they were the disciples of Polycarp, and Polycarp right. was a disciple of Saint Peter. Right. But since they were two steps removed, they were like. No, that's not part of canon scripture. Right, it's right. it's a beautiful letter, and I have all these letters. Right, and you think about it, Paul. You know? so, so actually, I think that uh, who was it? There was somebody that that trained under Polycarp too, uh, but not for very I long. I think it's Ignatius. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're right. Uh, I've got a book on it over there somewhere. Well, and then you, I got Eusebius on my, and he tell he refers to a lot of it. But uh, yeah, I think. It, I think it was, uh, wasn't it Clement? Yeah, I said Clement too. Anyways, so yeah, so uh, definitely a lot of cross references, but yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> that was a big awkward pause. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> you were looking up something. Uh, but uh, yeah, if they were twice removed or even singly removed, I mean, they had to, um, the books had to be reviewed and they had to be like indirect correlation with the apostles like Mark. Well, who we believe is John Mark. Not me. No. Not me. No. Well, you're Timothy Mark. Mark, who spells his name incorrectly. You're, you're Timothy Mark. You don't count. <laughs> I'm Timothy and Mark, guys. What's up? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, your dad liked the Bible. Anyways. <laughs> Basically. Uh, but, you know, you had John Mark, uh, who we assume wrote the book of Mark, or that's the, at least the the, uh, early, the church tradition. Um, and 
he was in direct correlation and uh we believe and and most of the stories go is that he was actually um writing uh ignatius yeah ignatius was a follower of polycarp but uh but john mark was writing dictation from peter is what the assumption is that though it's attributed to mark they were actually the gospel of peter right exactly so um and that's why again we have it in in canon and and like with hebrews like you know a lot of people say like the author of hebrews like it probably like in my opinion it wasn't the apostle paul no it's too different his the writing style is too different but we see how it's used it has the same words and the language of the new testament and it gives a lot of support showing how jesus is it is the prophet priest that was right um prophesied about in the old testament how jesus fulfills all of that and the new testament early church fathers they held that as sacred as well. So when you when we you know when we put a pause on this episode, we'll come back and finish the conversation. But yeah. is it the Bible actually reliable and historically reliable? And you know, can we even archaeologically does our, yeah, reliable? Does our, and there's a and lot is more it translated stuff. correctly. And those are questions that people still talk about. But if we look at just how many copies we have, we have a crap load. They all pretty much say the same thing. The early church fathers all agreed that, yes, these are what the actual scriptures are. Right. So when we hold the Bible in our hand, my opinion is, as you now have to decide of, are you going to believe it or are you not going to? Right, right. And so there was a fascinating conversation with Bart Ehrman that he had an unbelievable, which is the other podcast I love. And um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Justin Briley basically said, if we actually have this manuscript of Mark that they're looking at right now, what happens if we find out that that was not even a step removed? But it was his. Right. He goes, would you believe it? But see that. And you know what he said? No. I was going to say that. Because he goes, there's too much of a problem. He goes, I believe John Mark believed everything he wrote in there. And even if it was Apostle Peter who wrote, I believe that he believes everything. But there's too many problems of suffering and creation and all these different things that I just can't believe it. And that's the thing, right? What it really boils down to is you, whether we, we can throw out all the facts of the Bible being accurate. But unless you believe, it ain't going to matter because you're going to find a reason in your own mind Mm -hmm. to not believe it. And that's why I love the series that Andy – I've referenced this a lot on this show. The series called The Bible for Grownups that Andy Stanley preached a few years ago where he talks about the fact of – he he went through even deeper into the history that we talked about and even into the Old Testament and creation narratives and stuff like that. We've just scratched the surface. We just scratched the surface. But when he gets to the very end, he basically says – if one of these authors is correct, not all four, but if just one of those authors is correct, that means Jesus was a real person who really lived, who really was right. God, who really did die, who really did rise again, who really did say, now follow me, teach others, and baptize in my name. Holy crap, buckle up, let's go. Right. And he goes, and that's why I believe my Bible and read it every day. And I'm like, dang, bro, that was a mic drop. Yeah. I suck at reading it every day. I'm not good at it, yeah. I'll admit so we listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. But I, mean, uh, I get the Bible on my phone, the verse of the day, and sure. I reflect on that as much sure. as I can. But 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 when it comes to can we believe that the Bible that we have is the accurate word of God? You know, I feel like we're just getting started. That was just part one. We got to come back and wrap up part two, I think, to finish that conversation. Though. Yeah, and again, this is just a thirty thousand foot view of of all the evidence that is out there that you can dig into yourself. We yep. just we want to provide the itch, not scratch. But it we're fully. gonna pause it right here. But we're gonna pause it right now because now it's time for some fun facts. You ready? Ready. Time for fun facts with February. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, man. Well, hey, even though this was this was not as bad as a cliffhanger as we've left no, people, no, we I, put a nice little period yeah, on it, but right. we got a whole lot more conversation next week, man. But let's send the people on their merry way. All right. How about the that? fun fact of this week's episode has to do with a book of the Bible. Really? Did, did you know the most okay. expensive book in the world is the translation of Psalms? The Bay Psalm. Wait, wait, wait. Really? The Bay Psalm book which was sold for over $14 million. Holy crap. It is the first book printed in America and was the Puritans' attempt to make their translation of the Old Testament book. So it's an old Puritan book, or a Puritan translation. It's called The Bay Psalm Book. $14 million. We need to stop complaining about shipping Bibles out and costing money. Well... (laughs) First of all, we just need to find out who paid $14 million for it and be like, hey, you want to sponsor us? Honestly, I, you know, there's the uh, the Museum of the Bible yeah. that, that's going out there. They, um, did you know that the, like the, the first iPhone that ever downloaded the like OG version Bible app is in that, that, uh, that museum in Washington, D.C.? Oh, really? version has an area in the Bible Bible Museum. So did you know the museum, that they I, used I to... I wanted to go to that. I've my, never been to it. My grandmother, who passed away this year, she actually has one, and I think my grandpa still has it, Okay, has the entire Bible on a on a piece of microfish about an what? inch by one inch by one inch. Why? The entire Bible. Why? It was something to have back in the day, I guess. I don't know, but it's it's actually really cool. Like, you can't read it. you got to have, like, a microfish reader, but... It's pretty awesome. That's wild. But now, you know, it's so cool, though, to think that people have given their lives. They have died over this. And if you want a Bible and you don't have one, you can just let us know. We'll send you one for free. Domestically shipped. Yeah, in, in, <laughs> in the USA. But, but you know, man, that's part of what we want this ministry to be a part of yeah. is we we say, you know, what does the Bible say about conversations? Thank you, Rodney Buse, for that little quote. What does the Bible say? If, if, if Jesus' death and resurrection didn't happen, what we're doing right now is all completely in vain. We have a whole community because of what Jesus did. Right. But if we don't have the foundation to believe it, Let's see what the point, man. Right. So, so thanks for bringing this conversation today, man. Yeah, man. But, bro, we fun. just getting started. Just getting started. But in the meantime, while you wait for the next week episode to come out, make sure you go over to Facebook and Instagram. Like both those pages. Join the Facebook group where we're always having more conversations. And if you have a thought or maybe a disagreement or maybe something that you've learned about the Bible, go to the Facebook group and start a new post so we can comment on all of it. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Go there and hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell notification, and tune in whenever we're on, which is going to start happening soon. Well, it's probably already happening. Who knows? Because I'm I'm, I'm geared up. Just like us on Facebook. If you have any questions, hit us up at realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com or the website that has our phone number. But we love you guys, and until next time, take it easy.